The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Just say this off to me, my ear is anointed right now, and my heart is ready to receive the Word of God that will carry me this whole week. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, someone said, but, yeah, but what about next? No, I'm only focused on the next seven days. That's what I do here at the church. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Acts. How many have a copy of the bulletin? Who has a copy of the bulletin? Who does not have a copy of the bulletin? All right. Can you you raise your hand up right now so that the usher can get you a copy of the bulletin, please? Because I'm actually going to use that this morning. The bulletin is our study in the book of Acts. And I want everybody to have it. I'm not going to cover every detail of it, but I will cover a lot of what is in there today. And I've actually titled this message, The World Economic Forum's Worst Nightmare. (laughs) Now, it's probably more clickbait than anything because, you know, people see that, oh, let's find out what it is. But if you listen to what I'm going to share with you, you'll realize why it is the World Economic Forum and all the globalists' worst nightmare, what I'm about to share with you today, because it's in relationship to the church. How many are the church? And we're going to expose some myths here this morning, and we're going to shoot some sacred cows today that some people adhere to when it comes to the church and what day we worship on, which day is holy, and all this kind of stuff. And people get hung up on all these things. So. I hope I don't offend too many people here today, but we'll just show you from the Scripture. And if I don't offend you, I'll try very hard between now and the conclusion of the service to actually offend you. It's a joke. Just smile. Ushers have a lot of hands near the back that are raised looking for a bulletin. For the rest of you, if you just go right now to your social media site, Rodney Brown. Uh, YouTube or Facebook and just like it and share quickly right now so we can just boost this because I believe this is a very important message that needs to get out. People need to get set free from all of these things. Now, in the book of Acts, chapter 20 and verse 6, it says, And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of the unleavened bread, and we came unto them to Troas in five days we abode there seven days and upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread Paul preached unto them ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight so all of those that moan about how long the river services go be rest assured it's in the book of Acts and Paul preached past midnight aren't you happy it's in the Bible all right And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. Now, that's all I want to read. Basically, I want to just focus on the first day of the week when they came together to break bread. What are we doing today? This is the first day of the week. 
and we've come together to, to break bread. Can you say amen? We're breaking the bread of the Word of God. And in the conclusion of the service today, we're going to break bread of communion. And we're fellowshipping one with the other. Amen. You walked in here. Who hugged somebody when you came in? Who greeted somebody when you came in? That's, that's what it's all about. Amen. How many know you can't do that when you're socially distanced, stuck in a house, and you're on lockdown? You don't see anybody. No one can see you. There's a lot of people that I never saw during lockdown when I did see them. They were a lot bigger than they were when the last time I saw them because they ate all the, story, the stored food. But let's just talk about this for a few minutes about the Lord's Day. So it took five days to travel to get to Troas and they remained seven days. And in chapter seven, verse 7 of chapter 20 says, On the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, the early church, listen to me carefully, was accustomed to assembling on a Sunday. The first day of the week, the Christian Sabbath, which they called the Lord's Day. Now, there's several reasons why Sunday became the regular day to gather as a body. Christ was resurrected on the first day of the week. After the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples on the first day of the week. The Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room on the first day of the week. The book of Revelation was given to John on a Sunday, the Lord's Day. Keeping the first day of the week was a sign between them and Christ that they were his disciples. Because everybody used another day, but they used the first day of the week, which was a Sunday. Even though one day is as good as another, it is advantageous to have a set day and a time for the church and a local body together. This is the only time that we can pull the whole river church together, Sunday morning. We've tried other events and we can't get them. Seriously, we've tried Saturday nights, they don't come. We tried Wednesday nights, they don't come. We try Sunday nights, which by the way, tonight I'm gonna do a special impartation meeting. I'm gonna lay hands on everybody on the field here tonight. So don't miss out tonight. But I've tried other days. It don't work. Sunday is the day. We're not trying to be legalistic. We gather to worship God. Everybody say we worship God. We, we preach the word. We pray. We minister by the Holy Spirit. We fellowship with one another. If we hadn't heard those testimonies today, I mean, we would still be blessed, but we were even blessed in a greater way by hearing the testimonies of the saints. The reason why we instituted testimonies which take some time in the services was because the people can hear from the congregation what God is doing in their life. You're not just hearing from me or one of the pastors or my wife, but you're hearing from congregation members whose life has been touched and changed because of the word. And we're going to hear from you in the days and weeks and months to come the testimonies of God's grace as the Lord has moved upon you in a powerful way. God's getting ready so you have a, a great testimony. Some said, I don't want to have a wreck so I can have a, a testimony. I'm not talking about that. 
you know, somebody looked at me, don't, don't tell me I'm going to have a wreck so I can have a testimony. No, we're not talking about that. A testimony is something that God has done great things in your life. Amen. Now, we are not lone rangers. We are one body, and we need one another. I've watched many people that are lone rangers. You don't even know where they are today. And if you're a lone ranger during the lockdowns, you're in trouble. There were people that died in their homes, and nobody knew they died because they never went to church. Nobody was looking for them. Nobody was even, nobody missed them. Are you with me? They just lived by themselves. They weren't attached to anything and they died. People, I mean, I could pull up news articles now. People were dead in their house for two weeks. The people came back because smelled bodies stinking in the house and they called the landlord and he opened up and there was their carcass in there. I know it's a terrible story. But that's what happened during the lockdown. That's what took place all over the world. People were dead. So it is so important. It's muy importante that we are committed to attend church regularly and meet together and not to quit or compromise, no matter what the enemy does to try to prevent us. In other words, you come here and you had words with another congregation member. Now you irritated them. Bless God, I ain't coming to church again because of that idiot. Hello. Okay, I'll try this side over here. No, I'm, I'm not coming to church anymore. The usher. So these people outside the church mad at somebody else that really was coming to church along at the same time they were. Now they're irritated and they're sitting home fellowshipping in the first church of St. Mattress with Apostle Pillow and Prophet Ida down. An evangelist air conditioner. <laughs> Hebrews 10 and 24, which the World Economic Forum said we couldn't meet but the Bible says, let us, not, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That's what's happening here this morning. Not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as in the manner of somebody exhorting one another and so much more, the more as you see that day approaching. Well, we know Jesus is coming very, very soon. And that's why we are in fellowship and we're going to walk in love and we're going to forgive. And if somebody did irritate you, you're going to forgive them. You're going to forgive your wife. Look, well, some of you got irritated on the, on the road to church, driving with your wife. You got irritated. You came here irritated. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You stand there, oh, Lord, I worship you. Shut up. Jesus. Oh. Listen, your wife's also part of the church. Now, let's just mention the Old Testament Sabbath for a moment because I want to bury that because you get tired of hearing there, Sunday's not the Sabbath, Saturday is the Sabbath. Uh, okay, let's, some Christian denominations 
adamantly hold to Saturday as their Sabbath. However, they failed to recognize that the Old Testament Sabbath was only a type and a shadow of the new. God gave them the law on a Sunday. Exodus 19 verse 11, and be ready by the third day, for by the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the cloud in the sight of all the people. The Jewish Sabbath was a changeable Sabbath. It changed at Pentecost every year to one day later. Therefore, each day of the week was observed in turn every seven years. So God moved that around. Pentecost was observed on the first day after the seventh Sabbath. The first feast of the first fruits, which typified the resurrection, was observed on a Sunday. All the scriptures there, you can study them out at a later point. All this pointed towards Jesus' death and his burial and his resurrection. So everybody's hung up. I mean... There's, anyway, I want to mention, you know, because some people, well, you're not having proper church. It should be on a Saturday, and that was a Sabbath. In actual fact, it wasn't. Today is the day. But let's look at Jesus and the Sabbath, because I'm not going to take Sunday and make, oh, Sunday's the whole thing. Let me show you. That's why I tell you, every day at the river is a Sunday. Every day at the river is a Sabbath day. Every day. Now, we can only, unfortunately, get to you together on one day, which is Sunday. So, we call it the main event. And the Lord told me to do that a long, long time ago. It's called the Sunday morning the main event. And I had people get mad at me, the boxing fighters. and what, said, this is not the main event. What are you talking about in the main event? There ain't no main event. I said, it is the main event. The river on Sunday morning at 9.30 is the main event. It's where we get ready to rumble. Let's get ready to rumble! You know, it's the main event because it's the time where God gets you equipped for what he wants you to do on your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday. Can you say amen? During his earthly ministry, Jesus had ignored the Sabbath in that he treated like any other day. He healed people and he went about doing good works, which got him into trouble with the Pharisees because they said, oh, he heals on the Sabbath, but he didn't really care. Mark 2, 27 and 28, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Mark 3 and verse 4, he said to them, it is lawful to do good on Sabbath day. Is it lawful to do good on Sabbath day or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. Because remember, when he healed that individual on the Sabbath, they were all upset. They were mad. How can you do that? You're working. We are commanded to gather together, but there's no commandment given the New Testament by Jesus or the apostles to strictly observe a particular day, but just the opposite. You have to come together. It's imperative that we do that. Colossians 2, verse 16. Therefore, let no one sit in judgment on you in matters of food and drink or with regard to feast day or new moon or Sabbath. How many groups of Christians, you, there's always some feast thing and, there's all, and then some new moon and some new Sabbath and all this kind of stuff. Look, it doesn't matter. Do you, how many, do you know, the Bible says 
you know, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the great note of, do you know how many blood moons we've had? We, we have moons every month. You know, there is a full moon every month. They're always running around with times and seasons. Such things are only shadows of things that are to come. And they only have a symbolic value. But the reality, the substance, the solid fact of what is foreshadowed, the body of it, belongs to Jesus. Some denominations forbid certain normal everyday practices on a Sunday. Like you can't, you shouldn't shower shouldn't these even groups of people listen to me i don't want to get back into it i mean we could go a whole study where you couldn't even go to the toilet no if they went on a fast that meant you couldn't even eliminate any waste out of your body because they were working so people were very constipated no serious they were very constipated jonah Jonah, you know, who the Lord used. And they, 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 they're people that followed Jonah and that. And Jonah, they actually did a fast for three days and three nights. And they, the, the people that followed the Jonah fast, they would not go to the toilet and not use the commode. For three days and three nights. Can you imagine by the end of that, how, how are you doing? I'm fasting. <laughs> That's why we allow people to go to the restroom here. Now, if something is sinful on a Sunday, then it is sin every other day. Well, you can't, you can't do that on a Sunday, but then you can't do it on a Monday. And you can't do it on a Tuesday. And you can't do it on a Wednesday. Or Thursday. If it's not sinful on other days of the week, then it's not a sin on Sunday. Now, let's get to what we're doing right now, the breaking of bread. In Acts 20 and verse 7, the disciples came together to break bread. The bread broken by us, the believers, is the communion of the body of Christ, which we talk about that because I prayed, I said, Lord, my concern for the people is how do we protect God's people. How do we protect the congregation? Obviously, we're doing everything on the natural, you know, the vitamins and just trying to help people and behind the scenes to get people help in whatever way they need help. But not taking away from the power of God because we have the power of God that helps us. And I said, Lord, how do we protect the people? He said, have every service closed with communion because he said, my body and my blood will carry my people will carry them through many storms. And how many can testify with the uplift of the hand, Pastor, it's carried us through many storms. Thank God, even today we'll celebrate. Even today, it shall be our heavenly booster. Can you say amen? We shall be boosted one more time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Therefore, we shall not fear. We shall not walk in fear. You will not walk in fear this week concerning what might come upon the earth. 
There's many things that I could share with you, and I, I, I mean, I'm not going to even get it because I already did the news program this morning. You can see it later. How many get the news, the weekly news program that I do? You can watch it. I'm not going to bring it up here because I don't want to take away from what I'm talking about. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but it's by the supernatural power of God that we overcome. It's by the supernatural word of the Lord, and it's because we connect it. One part prays for the other part. One part comes in and undergirds and lifts up that encouragement that comes from the fellowship that we have. Communion, the association, the community, the joint participation, the intimacy that comes from fellowship one with the other. Somebody said, well, I really love the Lord, but I tell you why I can't stand people. I don't know how you get that one by. Are you with me? If you love the Lord, then you're going to love his people. And I have to watch out because let me tell you, I feel the burden of the people. I mean, it's almost overwhelming many, many times. We can be in the middle of a party, we can be in the middle of a celebration, and I'm actually not there. I'm carrying, I can feel this weight, I can feel the burden of people, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for people. There are times that I'm praying the Lord will bring a face of a congregation member. I'll text one of the pastors and say, hey, find out what's happened to this person. And inevitably, that person's in trouble. They, they call him, and the pastor said, we must call you. And they said, yeah, I, I, I hit a wall or something. I'll be, I'll be somewhere even in another country or another place, and suddenly I'll see the face of a member of the congregation. I'll text them. Sometimes I don't even know who their name is because, you know, I haven't, had to be, haven't been able to interact with anybody. I say, I'll text the pastor, who's that person? No, they always sit over there. What, what's their name again? You know, because I'm, but I see their face. Are you with me? So we, when you pray, and, and, and so the Lord had to actually deal with me. He said, look, you can't carry everybody because you feel responsible. He said, you have to put them in my hands. So that's probably, I would say, the last three years or two years and five months, the greatest thing that I've had to learn, which I'm still trying to, is to take the congregation and put you in the hand of the Lord and pray. Adonica will tell you, we pray over you every day. We prayed over you this morning. Father, as they come into the river today, bless every member as they come into fellowship. Lord, just be upon them, be about them as a water fire. I mean, that's what we do every single day. We pray over you. Lord, bless them, prosper them, increase them in their way. Give them supernatural wisdom. Lord, let them be steps ahead of the enemy. If the enemy digs a ditch or sets up a trap to entrap them, deliver them from the snare of the fowler. And then, Lord, heal them. Heal them. Let your miraculous power be in their life. I know there's some people, they still don't even understand why we have a stand going 814 days. They don't understand. Why the, what are those people doing for 814 days? We are standing against the World Economic Forum that wants everything to be shut down because they know that the combination of the fellowship and the communion of the saints is a power that they do not have an answer for. They don't, have, they don't know how to stop the power of worship. They don't know how to stop the power of prayer. They can't stop the power of 
stop preaching the gospel. They can't stop the power of signs and wonders and miracles. They want to stop it. And they want to, they will try to shut preachers down, make up stories, demonize them, publicize all kinds of misinformation, disinformation and lies so that people question, oh, that preacher, he's really this, this. I read that on the internet. They've got all these bots out there creating all the problems out there, making up lies and misinformation and disinformation to have people question. So in the, in the end, people say, well, there's no place to go. Everybody's just like, no, they're not all like that. No, that's a lie from the devil. The devil is gaslighting you. Not, they're not all like that. And even the ones they're lying about, I know many of these ministers personally, they are not anything like what they are saying that they are. Those are total lies from the pit of hell. It's all done to separate you from the plan and purpose of God. You might say, what were you doing with the, with, the, with the balconies and the atrium? We're making room. We're making room for what's coming. We're making room for what God's doing because we, I know everybody thinks it's all great. And so, I don't know if you saw the president speaking from Independent Hall. Did you see it? Did you see the, you know, it was, it was different. That's all I'm saying. Never before in the history of America would we even dream we would even see what's taking place. And even the plans that are between now and November and between now and 2024, because they have to stop the church. They have to. But they will not get it right. I'm saying to you right now, by way of television, you cannot touch the body of Christ. If you touch the body of Christ, God himself will deal with you. Your house will be cut off and be made a dunghill. Do not touch the church of Jesus Christ and don't touch the apple of his eye. Hallelujah. So, 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17 says, The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break? Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, and we all partakers of that one bread. Jesus is that one bread. John 6 and 33, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life to the world. John 6 and 35, and Jesus said unto him, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So what are we doing? We are receiving of the bread of life. We are receiving of that bread, but we are being fed by it. And then we take that bread, and we go from here, and we break that bread, and we give that bread to the hungry. What are we giving them? We're giving them Jesus. Yeah, we feed the poor. How many have seen the food ministry here at the river? How many have ever received from the food ministry. Wave your hand at me. It's even going to get better. And what we're doing with Operation Eden and everything that's going on here. But we could feed the whole of Tampa just natural food, and they all go to a lost eternity. Listen, people's hearts are failing them for fear. The, 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 the CEO of Bed Bath & Beyond just jumped to his death 52 floors. 
because they plan to close all Bed Bath & Beyond. If you need anything from Bed Bath & Beyond, you better get it now because it's about to close. You know, they're spongy things. Anyway. <laughs> no, he jumped to his death 52 floors. So men's hearts are failing for fear. They don't want, yeah, you were CEO of a major corporation and jump. No one in this church is going to jump. There's not one of you that's going to jump. There's not one of you that's going to take your life. I don't care what comes on the earth. Because let me tell you, our, your life is too valuable because through your life, bread is going to be broken to a lost and dying world. You heard the young lady today tell you of the story of how her whole family that thought she was crazy, that she lost her mind. Now they're all getting saved. What has happened? She's been breaking the bread of life. She's been giving Jesus to them. And now they're all coming to the kingdom. All of your family are going to get saved. All of your loved ones are going to get saved. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what they've told you. Just smile because you have inside information. They're all coming into the kingdom because the Lord loves you so much. You pray for them. They might say, I don't want to serve God. And you just smile at them. You're going to serve God. You just don't know it yet. You, you haven't found out about it. But I've got inside information because this bread is eternal bread. This bread is not a bread that you eat and then you're thirsty or hungry again. This is a bread that you eat and when you eat, you are filled. And you have enough that you just want to break it to other people and give it away to everybody else. As the church of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the ages, we've come together to preach, hear the word, sing psalms, pray, prophesy, exalt one another, and have godly fellowship. We break bread together, bread of fellowship together. We also partake of communion, the bread and the wine representing his body and blood, our healing and our salvation. And 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. For the believer, every day, is a day to serve and worship God from the heart. So every day is a Sabbath. Every day is Pentecost. Every day is, you know, I mean, whatever feast that there is, it's today. And you just make that decision before God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there's some things that are about to happen. Let me just talk to you a little bit prophetically about the church here. There's some things that are about to happen because God is equipping everybody, getting them ready for what he wants to do. And it's all to do with your assignment. As Pastor Eric said that earlier, each assignment is different. Everyone is about the Father's business. Can you say amen? And that's what we do every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We, we really wake up with a purpose every single day. We're about our father's business to do his bidding, to follow his plan and his purpose. And when the father calls you and gives you the assignment, he always gives you the necessary tools. So there's not one of you that could sit here today and say, Pastor, I, I feel called, but I don't have the ability. 
No, I mean, we, we just had somebody go wreak havoc in Venezuela for three months. Are you with me? And was shocked to find out that the same tools that was available to me was available to him. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. That's what we give away here. Freely, you have received freely give. That's what we give away here. It's free. Now, the days when you don't feel like it because the circumstances don't look right. How I many you know there's days you feel optimum? I mean, you feel, I mean, I'm at a peak. You can feel that. And how many feel the days when everything just feels bleh? Who's ever had days where everything just feels bleh? And it has nothing to do. Some people think it has to do with the devil or whatever. Sometimes just you haven't slept. Are you with me? I mean, I'll, I'll, the confession, I'll tell you right now. Friday night was the end for me. I mean, there was a group of men that were irritating me. They were from a certain city, and they would get up, and they'd walk out, come back, walk out, come back, walk out. They did it three times, and I'm trying to tell something that's very precious, you know, when the fire came into my room. And so I had to hold myself back because the next thing I saw myself, I was going to stand in front of them. I was going to grab a couple of them by the scruff of the neck. This, there was going to be a confrontation. Forget security or anything. It was going to be me in the middle of it. And I had to walk away. I stood over here and I actually said, oh God, what I see happening next is not going to be good. This thing's going down. It's going to be really bad. I said, help me, Jesus. I had to pray. I had to really, really, really pray. Because when you take something that's holy and people are just walking out and come back, walking out and come back, walking out and come back, it's the same group. And their pastor who had to leave had had problems with them in the morning. One of them thought he would sleep in. And the pastor said, we didn't bring you here to sleep in. We're sending an Uber. Because he wouldn't send another congregation so they could yak all the way. There he sent an Uber. The guy can't talk to the Uber. Uber guy doesn't know what's going on. He said, you get your butt in here right now. So we were dealing with that whole thing. I knew about it because the pastor spoke to me. He said, I don't know what to do with these people. Some of them are business people and they, you know, they've got a lot of money or whatever. He said, you get your butt back in here. And so I knew this whole thing going on. And, I, and, and my, I could see myself walking around down there, standing in front of them and going, excuse me. And I was going to grab somebody. Somebody, somebody was going to, and I've never, I don't do ever stuff like that. But you poke the bear, I'm telling you right now, I'm talking of holy things. I'm not here to impress anybody, but we talk about holy things. And so I, I, there was so much God wanted to do Friday night, and it so irritated me because people were robbing from other people that God wanted to break them through. That I handed over to you to burn the junk. I wanted to put some people in that pile. I'm telling you right now. There were some people I wanted to drown. I mean, I'd say I'll hold them under the water until they can't, you know. No. 
No, and I love people, so that, you know. But I just, I walked out of here and I went straight to bed. I just said, I don't want to, I, I even said, Saturday, I'm not showing up. I'm not even coming. I'll go, let somebody else preach. I'm done. I am done now. No, I'm serious. Saturday morning, I was, that's how I was. I told, I told, do the giveaways, Pastor Eric, you do the offering. And I, did, I was looking for somebody who's probably going to preach it, but it's not going to be me. Somebody said, you mean you even tell this publicly? Yes, because everybody thinks that I'm always at this thing. They think I deal with nothing. But I'm watching everything. I could see this thing happening like a train smash. If anybody needed the touch of God, it's those five men. Their families, let alone their families, and everybody connected to them. And here they're jicking around, playing a game like we're some kind of a whatever. Ordering chicken wings at Hooters or something. I don't know what they thought. Well, you don't know where they come from. Some people weren't even saved. We were getting people saved. The altars were full. You know, people were coming up and getting saved. And so the Lord gave me a miracle. My wife, she prayed for me and and no, she did. Thank God for this lady. She prayed for me, she grabbed me, she prayed for me. And, and, and yesterday morning, we had a breakthrough. We did. I mean, the power of God hit the field, and many were touched, and it was awesome. And, uh, but I was done. I was done. I said, you know what? I said, I don't even know if I'm cut out for men's conferences, to be honest with you. I said, give me the kids or, you know, just anything. But I, I, can't, deal with, I can't deal with people that think they know everything and they already have arrived just because they're successful, but yet their life is heading for total train smash. These perilous times that we're living in, and this is not a time to play around or check around. I'm concerned for them. They think I'm concerned for me. They think I'm up here for me. I'm not up here for me. I'm up here for you. I'm pouring everything out. We have prayed. We've come to pour out the best. When we finish up Sunday morning, if there was anything else to give, we couldn't give it because we gave everything in that service. And the Lord, bless you, brother. He saluted me. The Lord refreshed me. And, and yesterday I was pretty wiped out, you know, and we, of course, we had the afternoon, evening off. I said to my wife, man, I don't even know how I'm, yesterday I said, I don't know how I'm going to manage to go through Sunday. I woke up this morning like I had a three-week vacation. I promise you. I told her something supernatural has happened to me. I just feel, I feel totally, you know, I feel, I mean, maybe you can see it. You can see that. I don't even know what happened overnight. I mean, I didn't get any more sleep, you know. I still got the regular sleep, got up early, did the new show. But I just feel, now I'm going to take some time off this week to rest. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like going to circumvent that I'd already decided I was going to take some rest. But I feel something happened for me. But I still had to break the bread yesterday. Now, somebody said, well, you shouldn't get mad like that. Well, go tell Jesus when he whipped the bankers and turned the tables over. Go tell Jesus. Beat the crap out of them that day. And I've never done that. That's one part of the ministry of Jesus I've never done. I've never made whips and gone around and beat people. But I'll tell you what, Friday night at the men's conference, it was very close 
to me saying, go get a whip here. I'm going to beat some, I'm going to beat somebody tonight. Because when you love people, you want to see them reach the, full, the fullness of what God has for them. Can you say amen? We pray over you. We pray over you all the time. That's what I did when I stood up here this morning and I looked out and said, how beautiful is the sight. We pray over you. We pray that God would bless you excessively, that the Lord would use you in a mighty way, that God would give you the very dreams and desires of your heart that not one of you, not one, not one from the littlest child to the oldest saint, that every single one of you would be blessed by God and that you would see his blessing. And above all of that, that every one of you will be there on that day. Because that would be most embarrassing to me to get there and find that members of the congregation didn't make it. I would feel like a terrible pastor that I would get to go to heaven, but members of my congregation didn't go because I never looked after them and never preached the full counsel of God and never warned people. And the Bible even says, when you preach, reprove, rebuke, which that's difficult to do that because we don't like to do, we don't like confrontation. Are you with me? But it's like with your children. You have to discipline them. You have to. And that's one thing I appreciate about my dad. And that's one thing I appreciate about my heavenly father, because he can discipline you as well. Which I said this at the men's conference. I said, if you won't be teachable and you won't let God discipline you, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that you are a bastard. It uses the very word bastard. You would say bastard. But there are churches that are full of bastards. Even the pastors are bastards. I've met quite a few bastard pastors. I have. Because they will never let the Lord do a work in them. But I tell you what, I don't believe we have any bastards here. I don't believe we have any. Well, I thought I'd get a better response out of that. Maybe they did slip in here today. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a child. You're a child of the king. And what you carry is the eternal bread of heaven. You're not a waste. You're not useless. On Monday, you're going to break bread. And you're going to break Jesus with someone else. On Tuesday, you're going, to, you're going to break and share Jesus with somebody else. On Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. This next week is going to be a great week of multiplying what he's even given to you right now. What he's even putting in you right now. This week is going to be a week of multiplying that. And then maybe there'll be a basket left, full, left over for you, which I think must have happened to me yesterday afternoon. Somehow there was a basket of bread that I ate. I must have eaten in the night. I don't know how. But I woke up and I thought, what happened? Something happened. Maybe you here today, you said, Pastor, I'm finished, man. I'm done. I've been serving, I've been going, I've been flat out. 
refreshed by heaven today. May you be strengthened by him today. May you know his hand. Don't be weary in well-doing for a new season at the appointed time. You'll reap. You'll reap. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to weigh you out. Are you with me? I mean, we, we have all the money for the inside of the auditorium. And on Friday, I get, I get told I've got to spend another $2 million just on steel for the pavilion. And that's just for the, that's not even the steel for the roof of the thing. And I'm thinking, oh, great. What do you need to send out now? 500,000. Oh, when? Now? Yes, now. Oh, okay. You know, when you set things in motion, you know. And I said, Lord, I'm not, gonna, I'm not carrying this thing. I'm not carrying the steel. I'm not carrying any of this stuff. It's yours. Yours. And we will see the hand of God in every realm. Can you say amen? Everybody say, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Just do this right now and lift your cup. Just lift your cup. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, fill it up to overflow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Supernatural sustenance. Where even Jesus, after the fast, the angels came and ministered to him. Listen, when I said angels are protecting you, angels will come into your home and come minister to you. I think that's what happened to me last night. Something must have happened because I woke up in another realm this morning. The book of Acts is still the book of Acts. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want everybody to just bow your heads across the room. I want to give an invitation here today, if you fit into any one of these three categories, and for you that are watching by way of television, maybe you came here today and you say, Pastor, I never have given my life to Jesus. A friend brought me here today 
I saw an ad, I saw a television program, I came today, but I don't know Jesus. Friend, I want to ask you a question. If something happened and today you breathed out your last breath, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And as we sang that song today, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stain today. He will do just that if you will let him, if you'll say, yes, Lord, yes, today I surrender. You might never have another opportunity. Today he calls you, he says, come. Jesus stands with arms right open. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and have laden, I'm going to give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He says, come. Will you surrender to him? Will you say, yes, Lord? Yes, I'm not leaving this field the same way I came. I'm going to leave with this bread of life in me. It's free. It's a free gift. It was bought for you at Calvary. He calls you. The master says, come and dine. Maybe you hear. You say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the things of the world to come in, and I've lost that first love, that joy, that peace that I once had. But today, I want to come back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Can you pray for me, please? Maybe it's something hidden that no one can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. And he calls you. He says, come. Maybe it's something outward that all can see, and you feel, well, what's the use? They already know how bad I am. But God is a God of a second chance. He's a God of a new beginning. Will you surrender to him right now? He says, I love you. He loves you so much. Will you come? Will you come to him? Maybe you save and you serve the Lord, but a storm came in your life especially the last three years, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. It was like a sucker punch to the gut. Took your breath. You couldn't even breathe. You said, I don't even know how to get back. Acts 3 and verse 19 in the Amplified says, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, that the times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of the heat, of reviving with fresh air will come from the presence of the Lord. Today he will revive you. Today he will revive you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Or maybe you sitting here, you're watching in your homes and say, Pastor, I did give my life to the Lord and I do love the Lord, but I don't have the assurance. I'm not, I don't know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. And I want to know. I want, I've got to know. I want to have that calm assurance that I'm a child of God. If that's you, then I'm going to pray for you. Anyone that fits into those categories, I want to pray for you right now, right where you are, across the field. Put your hand up right now and say, pray for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just raise up high all the way to the back. 
all the way to the back, all the way on the sides, come, just put it up high and say, yes, that's me, that's me. Today is my day. Today is my day. You can put your hands down. Will you look at me now? Everybody look at me on this far side over here. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included in the prayer. We're going to pray quickly. Put your hand up and say, include me. Don't forget me. I see your hand back there. The, yes, sir. This middle section, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put it up high, right at the back, all on the fence line there. Yes. Anybody else? Just slip it up. Just say, yes, that's me. On this far side, right at the back, right at the very back, all along this side. Yes. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask everyone to raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. Just stand all across the venue. Quickly, just stand. Stand right now. If you bring your personal belongings and make your way down, come this way. Come right down here. We're going to pray together. Come. I want you to come. I just help him if you would, please, as we sing. here if you just look at me you can stand if you want to I just want to address you here and I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you that are in your homes we're going to pray one prayer one prayer fits all if you mean business with God God means business with you as I always say I've had the privilege of doing this in 85 countries over 42 years and I bump at the people all the time. They actually tell me the date, where it was, that they came in altar just like you. And then they proceed to tell me of the great things that the Lord's done from that moment. So I believe that something supernatural will take place right here as we pray. That whether you're here for the first time, you're going to get saved, or you're here to recommit your life, you're going to give your life back to the Lord, and you're going to be on fire like the testimonies you heard here today. And if you come to make sure, you're going to leave knowing, I am a child of God. 
And you can pray in your homes as well. I want you to close your eyes. Raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this together with me. Just say this out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me now in your precious blood. You said that if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I will be saved. So right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for saving me now. Lift both hands right now. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. I break every attack of the enemy against their life. I send every curse back to where it came from. And in Jesus' name, heaven's purpose over your life from this very day. In Jesus' name. Name and on nombre de Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. 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 Then look at me as a servant of the Most High God by the power of the blood of Jesus, by the power of the name of Jesus, by the power of the Word of God, and by the awesome power of the Holy Spirit. I tell every single one of you right now, your sins are forgiven you right now. You're forgiven. And I can say that with authority because that's the power that the Lord has not only given to me but to you so you can go out and break the bread with others and tell them their sins are forgiven them. Isn't that awesome? Just stand up. Where are you from? New Mexico and Alaska. Well, you're never going to be the same again from this day. And God's going to use you, my friend. You know, it's been like a like a shaky thing. It's like one, one foot in, one foot out. You can't. Today you made a decision, put your foot, both feet in, and you'll never look back, and you'll see what God will do with you. How old are you now? 18. 18. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Big things. None of all the other stuff everybody else is involved in. That's not the path for you. Amen. You believe that? Praise God. From this day, it's sealed. Sealed in his life. Amen. Praise God. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.